Welcome to One More and We All Go. I'm Frank. I'm Brad. I'm Troy. Troy, how the hell are you? Pretty good. Excellent. Uh, Troy is uh, my. Uh, if I say backdoor neighbor, is that <laughs> does it sound is a backdoor buddy? Yeah, he's my backdoor pal. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime I need him, he's right there at my back door. Well, that's enough for today. Thanks for coming, guys. <laughs> Making Troy feel uncomfortable. I didn't think that would be no, possible. <laughs> so go ahead. So Troy, you you live in the neighborhood here. Yep. So you uh, you and Frank are backdoor neighbors. How long have you guys been neighbors now? I don't know. Maybe two years. Whenever you moved in. Yeah. Whenever I've I moved there in, so it's ninety four. So right. Yeah. These are this is his stomping grounds. I'm just invading it. Tread lightly, sir. Yes. Yes, I will. So, uh, Troy, we need to know everything there is to know about you. Let's start at the very beginning. You're a Carson kid through and through. No, I was what? actually born in Oskaloosa, Iowa. Well, shit. Yeah, All right. Mom was a school teacher and dad was a school teacher also. And then we moved, I think, to Baird, Nebraska for a couple of years. And then we moved back and lived in Prairie City, Iowa. And then we moved here in 1970. Uh, that's when Dad started uh, coach football and teaching here. And then my mom taught kindergarten or first grade. I don't remember which started if it was first. And then she moved to kindergarten. She taught me in kindergarten back in '87. So, yeah. yeah. So your family's been teaching, and your wife's a teacher. So a lot of a lot of educators in the and system. My sister is too. Oh, and your sister. I'll be darned. Oh, and you deal with schools too. So tell. I guess we can get to your adult career in a little bit. We'll, we'll skip. We'll back up past that. Oh. We we don't want to get your adult career yet. Yeah. So, and what kind of what kind of childhood memories when uh, you got teachers all over the house? Do you have to learn all day? Was it reading books and learning nonstop? So you're the best student there, or did you get to go out and have some fun at night when you were five years old kicking rocks? Well, and that's essentially you know this is pr- I grew up prior to cable TV even and no streaming, no computers. The landline was, you know, a dial-up phone hanging on the wall. And it was long distance. And uh, my best friend, Brian McCready, lived in Macedonia, you know, and you can only call, like, maybe once a week. Because it costs a call. Right, yeah. And, uh, you know, and we'd stay at each other's house every now and then. And um, and I didn't get scared of his mom and dad and have to have my parents come get me. But uh, (laughs) You stayed over when you weren't scared of them? I when I I said yeah we'd stay and then every now and then I might get afraid or something and well I know Tom and Sue he wasn't a very scary fellow no no he they were not scary I think I just got bored but you're talking about when you're like five or six yeah okay you weren't like sixteen and no, okay no. then then Brian ended up being my college roommate first okay. year college because he only went one year <laughs> uh, where was that at Northwest Missouri State University oh, so when nice. I went to school. Um, qualifications, some college. You just, I mean, I graduated later, but um, when you went to school, you know, Mr. Appleman was our um, uh, guidance counselor. You just, okay, and he was from Maryville uh, area. And he said, okay, yeah, you're, you're going to Maryville. Okay, cool. So everybody kind of went to Maryville. Was he getting like a commission or a kickback? I or don't know. All the... I think he just thought <laughs> it was a good, yeah. fe- you know, good fit. And so... Uh, I don't remember how many. Well, my sister went to Northwest, too. I mean, a lot of kids just went because right. it's like, okay, you can go look at Iowa State or you can go to Maryville. Okay. That was, you know, pretty much it. Probably a bit cheaper, wasn't it, in some of the universities? Yeah. You know, I don't think I even looked into it. I think Dad just said, oh, you're going to Maryville. Oh, okay. okay. 
so went to Maryville. Well, so what did you study there at Maryville? Because obviously teaching was probably pretty big in the the family. So did you study to be a teacher? No, I just took general. (laughs) I I, I actually have a degree uh, from University of Kansas in um, uh, psychology and actually (laughs) HDFL, so human development and family living. That probably, some psychology probably helps with sales, doesn't it? I mean, I I think so. I think just the experience of college helped me grow up. I was pretty immature, and you know, I think for you know when I graduated, I didn't know diddly squat about anything. And growing up here, right? And uh, of course, me and McCready had like you know it was freshman year that I had to do over <laughs> uh, in know. high school. No college. Yeah, college. Oh, yeah, it was a do over year. Right. Trust me. You know, uh, it was actually Northwest Missouri State was on the National Lampoon top, I think, top five in the country for party schools. Really? Yeah. How many students were there at that time? This is early 80s? It was 1982. Okay. Um, I don't remember. I mean, would there be 10,000, 100,000? freshman year. He doesn't remember a <laughs> right, lot. <yeah. laughs> I, I suppose I, there I've was never been there, so I didn't know if Six that. or 7,000 people, I expect. I don't. Maybe not. Maybe five thousand. Okay, well, um, pretty decent size. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a, you know, it was a big, big compared to what you know Carson, Iowa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So, right. Yeah. So I we skipped over elementary oh, and, and yeah. high school a little bit. That's uh, my fault. We kind of led oh, you astray. Right. But uh, what about some high school memories? Uh, elementary memories? You know, did you ever get caught running over the neighbor's cat with your bike and try to get out of it or anything cool like that or? I think the only thing I remember elementary-wise is Craig Meyer, a good friend of mine, actually Dr. Meyer now, um, and my family doctor. He grew up down the street, and, uh, I mean, we just played outdoor football. and. Hold on. One of your good friends is your doctor? Yes. He does all your stuff for you? Yes, he does. Oh, and we're going to have to get into that. I, <laughs> Make a note of that, Frank. All right, let me. All right, go ahead. Down. Carry on. Um but anyway, I mean, we just played outside. He, he was a Viking fan. I was a Packer fan. And, you know, we had the old plastic helmets. And we just, this, where I live now, was a vacant lot. And then right across the street was a vacant lot. Between our house and Irene Harold's at the time was a vacant lot. And so, I mean, that was football fields. And then Craig lived uh, just down the street. And they had, they even, his brother made goalposts. So we could kick extra points and just do all kinds of stuff. And I always had mini bikes and and motorcycles growing up. And so I was kind of in that group of badasses like Steve Horns and Robbie Henderson. Um, He's passed away since then. But um, that's when people could still cruise in town. Well, so you could cruise until at the time, I think the it was Lee Gordon was the police officer. And he'd catch you coming out of the alley, and he'd pull you over, and he'd say, okay, you got to push it home. And a couple times I had to push it from out in the country because I got stopped by DNR. And, <laughs> really? Yeah, and they made me push it home. Just going down the gravel road, and they made you yep, push it home? Yeah. I'll be darned. You must have really been a hellion. Had a we reputation. Had, we had a lot of fun. Um, on the And back then, they just made you push it home. They didn't really write you a ticket or right. anything. And, 
told you to stay out of the. So they just follow you in the truck, make sure you pushed it the yeah. whole time. Well, they check on you, make sure you know. And I, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. As soon as you get out of catching walking distance, yeah. I'm yeah. right where we go. Yeah. <laughs> I think I probably did that, but yeah, um, yeah, it seemed like. Uh, I had a similar, because I was 14 and I was driving through town and my, uh, he used to coach here, but uh, Jason Mass was a town cop for a while and he pulled me over. He said, I know you're not old enough because I was just coaching you in soccer last year. I'm like, we're all right. And so I had to have a, come get a ride from the, I actually pulled over to the bar and had to get a ride from the bar. Oh. Because <laughs> the cops had me at the yeah. time. But yeah, so that, that was the first time I had to run in with the fuzz. Yeah. Couldn't claim to have a school permit or something cool? I did have a, no, I had a permit, but uh, not, I couldn't drive anywhere. I was driving a girl I was dating at the time home, and uh, yeah, he knew I wasn't old enough to drive. I mean, I was 120 pounds. I looked old. <laughs> I was just drawing the mustache. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, so you're on the mini bikes, you're raising hell, you're waiting till you grow up so your best friend can look at you naked in the doctor's office. Um, then if what happened to your high to school? We're going to bring oh, that up later. Oh, high school, we just... I mean, it was uh, pretty, you know, obviously my dad was the principal, so I had to watch everything I did. Yeah, you had to lead by example. Um, yeah, kind of, which, I mean, I knew what I could do, and I knew the line, and I knew where I could push it and not go over the line. But there right. weren't the same rules. I mean, I'll give you examples. Same group of guys, we were all motorcycling. We went out here someplace, and there was beer bought, and... Um, uh, and actually, it was about, it used to be called Carson Jubilee, where they'd have a celebration every summer. Yeah. Kind of like. We should do that again. So, the city council, by the well, way. <laughs> I, we looked into it one time, and I think the cost was just going to be prohibitive. Right. I mean, but um, we'll thank goodness the rodeo has kind of captured all yeah, that. We tried to. Yeah. And, but it was last day of school, and we there was an old farm out here. You know, it was an abandoned house down a dirt road kind of i don't know who actually lives out there but um between here and Doney, the house isn't there anymore but we all went camping and everything yep i can't remember well i guess school would have been out because i think jubilee time maybe was summer i know it was summer but anyway all of a sudden um i had i was 16 at the time and we were out there partying and there's a lot of people apparently somebody called it in um and i had an old 1971 Chevy pickup and I and the muffler must have been bad on it and I heard my dad coming up the <laughs> they the cops had gone and got my dad because they, they he got, had your pickup yeah so you knew it was I him. could hear I went oh <laughs> crap um so at the time it was Thad Donnie was the town cop and he'd gone up and said hey Mr. Graves you know we saw Troy's motorcycle yeah they went to everybody's house because you did, you know, if you didn't answer the phone, you didn't have cell phones. Yeah. Right. And said, hey, you know, there's a party out there. So I heard him pulling up. And, of course, we had been drinking a lot. And all I know, there was two sheriffs out there. <clears throat> I came out of the, the behind the buildings or whatever with a couple of my buddies. And they're like, okay, well, you guys got to go home. And my dad said, get on and ride home now. I'm like, oh. I didn't tell him, you know. I fucked up, Dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so hold on, time out on, on that note. What did kids drink back in the eighties, eighty three? Well, this would have been prior to that. This would have been like night seventy nine. All right. So what, yeah. what's the good booze back then? Well, it'd been Miller Miller bottle. Okay. Or Budweiser. Or if you drink some Schlitz and Hams or what you had. Yeah. Whatever the 
you know, because it was 19 drinking age in, in Iowa. Oh, so, so you weren't far just, off. You could find a, uh, you know, somebody just graduated or maybe had an extra year in high school and they could buy it for you. And, and uh, so it was fairly easy to get right, beer. Right. And that was, you know, so that was one of those deals where then I got home and, you know, I had to do work the next day for dad and, and, and uh, finally got out and paid my penance and, you know, <laughs> yep. got out of it. But it was... Uh, I was riding the I was riding the bike, trashed. Was that like? Well, no, I mean, I I got to put it down. I don't want to. Was that a dirt me. bike or just a little? It was bike? a Honda, 1976 Honda XL 175 yeah. Enduro. Familiar and uh, favorite bike and, uh, um, but I mean, you know, you had to go slow because I had to follow my dad. Yep. But nobody said, "Hey, has he been drinking too much?" Or nobody. The cops just said, "Okay." Your dad's here. You follow him back home. Right. Okay. You know what we've been doing here, right? <laughs> yeah, playing doctor. Huh? <laughs> Play a doctor in, oh. in the barn. <laughs> well, Craig wasn't there. <laughs> no. But you would mentioned that the drinking age was 19, so you just have some, you know, someone just a little bit older than you buy beer. Brad, how did you buy beer in high school? Uh, usually, I was just trying to steal because i didn't drink much in high school no but uh, i would try to steal like a bottle from the back of the liquor cabinet because i assumed it wasn't going to be missed so find like a bottle of <laughs> like gin or something Schnapps. and fill it back up slow with water. gin yeah. so yeah drinking slow gin and mountain dew i'm like oh this is terrible <laughs> man look how cool we are yeah, i don't know why dad used to drink gin and tonic for a while and so i would steal a bottle of gin out of there and then uh try to fill it back up and he'd know immediately I don't, I don't know if he ever knew or not i'm sure he found out when it was watered down but uh that was typically what I could find in the back was just Christmas. Tastes like sucking on a Christmas tree. Oh yeah, oh it's terrible. Uh, Par- we Par- did. Was it Paramount gin? That sound right? It, I don't remember the Paramount. Gin, the, Piedmont. But that's kind of you know the high school thing. You'd get a pint of. I remember lime vodka and stuff. But I got to tell you this one story. So this this one goes down in history for us. But so my dad had always. And I don't presume he's going to be listening, so I won't get in trouble. But um, get grounded. Yeah. <laughs> so state wrestling used to be at the end of uh, February, and we had some kids go to make it state wrestling. But back then, you just got your uh, like a pass to leave school, and you could drive up and go. And my mom and dad always had um, a conversion van. Yeah, they were rear sweet. Wheel, I remember them having Rear wheel yeah. drive conversion van. It was a brand new one. I think he only had it a few months. Well, I turned 16 on February 29th. Didn't have my license, but I was driving the group up. Brian McCready drove me over to the license plate bureau. License bureau. I got my license, and we drove back, and then we went and picked up Quincy Stevens, Mark Kanoki, some girls. A whole bunch of beer. And I did not drink, and I will... I mean, I'll go to my grave knowing that I did not drink because I was nervous as hell. Sixteen right. years old, but brand new van, yeah. But the, everybody else That's did the traveling stabbing, Kevin. <laughs> and uh, you know, we went up to the state wrestling, and it was snowing really bad. Well, we stopped at the and Mr. Stephens said if he could approve it, he would have hung me because <laughs> Quincy took um, like some whiskey and stuff. He took it into the wrestling guys' rooms and put it in the back tanks of the uh, toilets <laughs> so that they could have alcohol at yeah. the wrestling tournament and everything. So we're coming back, and uh, it was snowing, and, and uh, we stopped at, I think it was Stewart, 
Stewart or one of those towns on the highway, and they were out of beer. Well, Brian McCready at 16 years old had a mustache, a, like a 70s stash. Like a handlebar. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we walked in to the Casey's, I think it was a Casey's, and he put up a 12-pack on the, the thing. Here comes a county sheriff guy. Walked right in. The guy never ID'd him. He's McLovin' at this point. And I, I, I'm shit. Guess what I had? I bought Lysol. You think that that would tip the guy off? Hey, why is that kid buying Lysol and this guy's buying a 12 pack? Maybe he didn't realize we're together. And because uh, uh, our the van smelled like alcohol. Right. Oh my gosh. And uh, the very next, we did make it back safely yep. and everything. But you know. You didn't have a cell phone, so you didn't have to check in every 20 minutes or whatever. I just called my dad from the state wrestling and said, hey, it's snowing. We're going to go stop over to eat and blah, 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 and I'll be home about 12 or 1. Okay. Yep. And uh, that then the very next morning, because somebody had spilt beer in the back of it, the van, um, and I think there might have been some, because there were some girls in there, too. But I think there was some boots knocking in the back, too, at some point. <laughs> I couldn't see because I had to, you know, rear-view mirror, and I had to pay attention. If you're going right. to do that, come up front. Yeah. I can't and, see shit. Get out of the way. And, uh, um, but anyway, you know, we made it back. But the next morning, I, I sprang out of bed because I had to go clean the van. Did, did that one have the console TV built in, too? Because some of those would have, like, a, you know, a big boob tube TV. Yeah, right? no, we didn't have too. a TV thing in it because it that was this was prior to when those right you know like a cassette recorder came out and yeah i'd have a full vhs tv right that's there later on that's yeah. like in the 90s i remember john bentley's mom had one that had that that oh, big yeah. one in head full go off but that was yeah and so i got up and where are you going so early i said oh yeah i forgot i had to go to Donny to mccrady's blah 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 so i could go down and clean the van the van right. out and, <laughs> you know and and uh you know he never Found out, and Mr. Steffens, though, cornered me, like, after I'd graduated, and he said, Graves, I know that you, that alcohol that came up for the wrestling, because he caught the wrestling guys, he took care of it himself, didn't tell the school, you know, right. he said, I know that came up, and you're, you guys brought it, and he said, if I could have, if I would have, could have pinned it on you, I'd have hung you out to dry, because he said, that pissed me off, you know, we're up there competing at state, and then you guys, I said, well, I'm sorry, John. I, I know it came up in our van, but I said I can't tell you that who did it. But um, that, I, that was back in the day when whoever found out was the judge and jury both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter if it's a cop or a teacher or what. They kind of handled it themselves. Yeah, yeah. And, that, well, there again. I don't, did you guys, did, was Mr. Annan in school when you mm -hmm. guys oh, yeah. were here? Okay. We both had him. Oh, okay, shop class. Mm -hmm. So this is, goes down, too, and I... Uh, we had a kid in our class, Eric Christian. He's uh, he's passed away. Um, we were out in shop class, and they had remember the belt sanders. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, Eric was riding a belt sander. A single one. A single belt sander. He got on it and was riding it. You know, like sitting on it. And yeah. And Mr. Annan came roaring out of the office, and he goes, "Christensen, grab your ankles!" And he had a paddle with him, and he just lit him up. <laughs> and um, we all went. Okay, nobody ever is going to ride a belt sander again. <laughs> right. Yeah, you don't want to get paddled by a guy who built the paddle. Well, we, right. we had him. The, I think the biggest trouble I got in with him, uh, we had that big radial arm saw, probably the big one you oh, had, yeah, too. Oh, yeah, Christ. <laughs> it had a big, like, 36-inch mm -hmm. swing on it, yep. and Kenoki was running it, and I just shut it off while he was running it. Oh. And, 
you know, I didn't shove him into it or anything like that. And he lit me up and pushed me up against the wall, and he was spitting chew in my face oh, and was yelling yeah. at me. Ah, oh, that's so gross! I can I can feel it on my face. But uh, that I think that was the worst I ever got from him. My lickings. Uh, for me, it was in the uh, the lacquer room where you had the big fans. You were yeah. supposed to stain your projects or whatever. Oh yeah, I would go in there and I just open the cans and sit there without the fans on. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he'd kick the door open and be like, "Well, I'm you in are an absolute." Dumbass. <laughs> and he'd flip the fans on and walk out. He actually lives like 30 minutes from my dad out in in Arizona. Oh. Our neighbor, him and uh, Mr. Vesley. Yeah, teacher. Oh, yep. The guy with the pants down in yep. the locker room. All the way down to his ankles. <laughs> I, that was on the podcast. It was. This is a super fan over here. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. <laughs> so three, my, marker 34. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, okay. So state, that was, that's a, that was when I was 16. Pretty yeah. good story. That was a good one. And it, so there's it, athletes that train hard, and then there's bad influences that come to try to ruin their weekend of hard work. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. kind of what. Because I, I don't even remember who was wrestling at state. We just went. You right. know, it was a Friday night, and you know, and that's what you used you to do. Out of school you, to do it. So but yeah, you got out of go to school. Right. They still do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now they take like a week off, don't they? Right. <laughs> I mean, the whole school. You know. Yeah, seems I, like. I never went to state for anything, so I, I don't even think I went to support anybody. Oh, we and should have cripes. Yeah, we we loved going up to do, do that. We yeah, and one your wife's coached her whole career, hadn't she? She's always had she probably had several <laughs> players up there. Um, you know she's coached. Um, I think the only team that she took to state, she was boys basketball coach. Right, that would have been twenty twelve. Okay. Yeah, but I mean she was assistant to Mister Shellengowski because. Um, and she'd always coached boys like junior high and yeah. I don't know, it was the other maybe high school too. But anyway, she was the assistant and they went for state basketball. Because uh, women can't head coach men's sports. I don't know if yes, you do they that, can. Brett. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was just, but kind of the thing was, Sean Gowski was a young, fiery guy, you know, 23 years old, I'm guessing. And they said, hey, you need to have an old seasoned gal right by your side because she could pull him down and say you know you can't yell at the official like that or don't do that to a kid or right so she was kind of the i mean very feisty i mean she stands up for she's probably the most competitive person i've ever met very very competitive she was yoda to luke skywalker yeah yeah that's what she was. That's a perfect analogy, Brad. <laughs> no, no resemblance. Whatsoever, but... <laughs> she does. She does not look like Yoda at all. She's no. young and fit, no big ears or anything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or anything. Uh, so let's let's get into that. You you graduate uh, high school. You you go down to Maryville. You get your. Well, you know, you guys said you got your psychology I went, degree at KU. Well, I uh, went to Maryville for three years. Like I said, one of them was kind of a do-over year, first year, uh, and then I. My sister ended up transferring to Kansas, and her husband had a painting um, company down in Kansas City. And so I worked there in the summer, and I thought, well, I'll see what Kansas has to offer. And then, so I just transferred to Kansas, went two years to Kansas. K State? No, KU. Okay. Jayhawks? Yes. Okay. And I graduated in 87. and then 1988, Kansas won the national championship, Danny Manning era. And I ran into him. I got a story about Danny Manning. Yes. So there was a bar downtown. So Kansas was 18. Who's Danny Manning? What? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. I'm not a sports sports fan. fan. 
Okay, well, if you just Google Kansas basketball, Danny okay. Manning, the legend, um, you he is. He's a legend. He's Mr. Basketball. Um, but ain't, so and the drinking age was 18 for beer, and then you had to buy a card if you wanted to go 21 alcohol places because yeah it's kind of weird deal but so you could just go to the bar and drink three two beer which it doesn't matter you're going to get drunk right and uh they had it called the bottle knicker downtown and they'd have live bands and um they uh i went i stand up the bar trying to get a bottle of beer and all of a sudden this ginormous six nine fella stands next to me and it was danny manning and he slaps a $100 bill. This would have been 1985 or 86. I don't, can't remember. But a $100 bill, I mean, now it's still kind of cool. You throw a $100 right. down. Yeah. He threw it down, and the, the bartender, and because he had two recruits with him, and he said, I need three beers. And he pushed his $100 back. He said, Danny, you know your money's no good in here. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said his dad probably gave him a $100 bill when he, Got out of high school and said, "You'll never spend it in in Lawrence, Kansas." Probably still has the hundred dollars. No, probably because yep. you know he could go to McDonald's wherever. Those guys back then, that's what they did. They right. just gave you as a athlete, not the regular guy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we had to pay. Yeah, Troy right. couldn't walk in there, slap a hundred dollars on the table. No, I need three beers. Troy, you know that your money will spend here. Here's your yeah. change. Here. Yeah, <laughs> but that same bar, right? I got to tell you, fast forward. Um, my son was in a band in Kansas City, and they were playing in that bar. And this would have been maybe, well, I don't remember. Let's see, he graduated 2010, maybe 24. What was the name of their band? I can't remember. Well, he originally was in Cold Steel. Right? That was the one from here. But um, when they broke up, or he got asked to leave that was the one that was the one that we he's had. hogging all the groupies well i yeah i don't know about that but <laughs> it um it was a good thing i mean um you know they're in high school like starting junior high and it was a band and right we and i bought the little bus and i had the equipment and everything and they did four or five cds they yeah. had and uh you know they did for that kind of music and whatever and then they came to a point when uh, I guess Josh was probably not doing what they wanted to do. And, you know, that's what happens. Yep. And he's 19 years old or maybe 18. I don't know. And they said, okay, you're out of the band. Well, I own the LLC. Um, so uh, <laughs> that was the band. Yeah. Cold Steel. Right. And, um, All of so, the equipment was owned. Cold, and, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's just four guys in the garage. <laughs> well, that uh, it ended up, well, <laughs> those guys. Well, I, I mean, and it was with Ed McLean. And yep. so, you know, and I, I think, uh, you know, the, it, we worked it out, whatever. I was, I was mad at, at first for a few minutes because it was just like took me by surprise. Yeah. But then Josh, and, and uh, he got a phone call on that Sunday. And this was on a weeknight. And it was a band out of Kansas City called Sidewise. And they were a touring mid-sized band and they yep. said hey we're, we need a bass player you want to come try out and josh said okay send me the songs that you want me to try out for and i'll be down so he drove down there and uh played all the songs they said you're in and these guys are all 10 years older than josh okay and um so um he started 
traveling two, three nights a week to Kansas City to practice. So my sister lived down, still lives down there. So I think he ended up moving in with her. And then he's been down there most okay. of the time. But but anyway, so fast forward, they they were a regional act or whatever, and they're playing a gig up at that same bar, the I think it was Long Nick, and Josh texts me. And he said, Danny fucking Manning's here. No, yeah. <laughs> no. Holy shit, and he's got a hundo. Yeah. No. He goes, guess who I'm I'm partying with or hanging out with? And I said, I don't know. Godsmack. Oh, holy shit. So kind of the drummer game. for the band Josh was in was good friends with Sully, who's the lead singer for Godsmack. Yeah. And so Josh, I said, get a picture. I like Godsmack. Yeah. And I said, get me a picture with him. You know, with you and him, and or sign something. I don't. Oh, I don't want to bug him. But he got a picture, and uh, yeah, they came. He said it was weird because they they were touring and they were going. They're going to be in Kansas City, Godsmack, and uh, which I ended up going to their concert the next night. But in Lawrence, when Josh's band, he said they they told the door guy, "Hey, you're going to have a bus of Godsmack people show up here. Let them in." They're like, oh, yeah, right, whatever. Godsmack bus shows up, and they rolled in, and it was like, you know, just, of course, yeah. I'm sure. And they don't think, I don't think Twitter, I don't remember when that existed, but yeah. but somehow, you know. That was probably of, 29 or 10, wasn't it? Uh, uh, yeah. But so a lot of people showed up, you know, because they thought, oh, crap, we got to see these people hang yeah. out. And, just see Godsmack in a bar, and Godsmack's not playing. I, yeah, just, yeah, they weren't playing at the bar. They played the next night down in Kansas City, which... I was backstage for that, Josh. They, yeah. they he had backstage stage tickets for that. It was kind of oh, cool. Imagine. I I don't have many. You guys both have probably some good band stories, Frank, because you MC events all the time. Yep. And you had band experience, but so one of my friends, our <sighs> friend, was friends with uh, Aaron Lewis from Stained. Oh yeah. And so they went to Thank see you. one of his shows, and they were backstage talking to him. Well, he ended up trying to court one of my nieces. Oh. And it goes on like three or four months. He's texting her back and forth, and, and he's trying to fly her out to shows and stuff. And uh, he explains to her, he's like, hey, just so you know, he's if you move forward with this, you're going to do what he wants. <laughs> and it's like, well, no, we're just friends. Like, no, no, you're not You're not just friends. He's not used to being told no. Right. <laughs> so this is what's going to happen if you move forward with this. And she's like, oh, well, that's not what I expected. And so, anyway, uh, she kind of moves on with that. I thought it was creepy. But uh, on the other note, when my wife was like five or six, they go to a, one of our in-laws' weddings. And uh, he's got a band called The Great Divide. They play a bunch of music. They're back on tour now doing stuff, uh, older country music. Oh. But uh, there's a guy playing guitar in the corner of the church. And so it's my wife and all her family and her dad. And this guy's in the corner playing. And he, and he says, oh, that guy ain't worth a shit. He ain't going nowhere. He's just in the corner, and they're walking down the aisle, and he's playing the intro music. It was Garth Brooks. I'll be damned. Playing. (laughs) He's friends with my cousin from the Great Divide, but, yeah, he was, whatever, 18, 19 years old, just playing the corner of the church, and Jess's dad's like, ah, he ain't worth a shit. (laughs) He ain't going nowhere. Garth Garth who? Yeah. (laughs) Did he ever admit that he was wrong? Or he's like, oh, he he got better. He he had a lucky streak. He's going to fail. He got better. (laughs) Right. He practiced all those church gigs. That's that's all the the music fame I can claim. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad Josh got to experience. I told him, I said, if because he was interested in music, and I said, if you learn to play an instrument, you'll always have a job, right? If yeah. you want, and you'll and the enjoyment. And I mean, he's in a church band now. Yep, in but, Kansas City. 
Yeah. Okay. And uh, he, well, tell you, so they were touring with um, Seven Dust. Yeah. And, and uh, we went up to watch him at the Hard Rock Cafe up in uh, Sioux City. After the show, he walked off stage. He said, I'm done. I'm, I, I want out of this. And he told the band, he said, I'm done. I quit. After the show. And, and he sold all, and he sold all of his equipment i mean he had a real good rig yeah and uh oh what's a good rig mean like your like his well dad paid for it so i had a really good rig <laughs> well i i and and he played warwick basses yeah you know those are jerk and they're not they don't make them anymore but um That's he had the, he had the real warwick and uh and also we had the gin bins touring um amps and everything and yeah and he just said okay and i saying sold it but uh, yep. <laughs> i never saw a dime out of that oh jeez. yeah but no he did he and then he kind of went through a, a tumultuous time i mean you know just whatever but and we were in business together so he and i had a business um that's kind of a long story too but uh it didn't work out and he uh, moved back to kansas city and got involved in a church band and hmm. So he's playing band again and like. Did he that. live down here to the west for like four? For a couple months. Yeah, I remember him living Well, down we there. bought that house that, and fixed it up. Yeah. And uh, he and his wife at the time lived there. Yep. And then uh, we had a Max Muscle store. I was going to say, I remember seeing him working out because he was working out. I remember he got swole. He yeah, he huge. did. He's a, he, he was fit. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he's not fit now because he still works out, but he's gotten thicker he got into yep. power lifting and yep. put on he's a big fella big weight yeah and gym muscles yeah <laughs> <laughs> no practical use yeah <laughs> but still wouldn't find but now he's a ford car salesman at olathe ford down in olathe yep yeah yeah so 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 you're all you got out of the music career you're uh yeah. you because you were the manager pretty much right no, no? I, I was just kind of more the help pay for stuff and drive the bus and um yeah i could run sound right still can do that but. so i don't know if you're familiar with the band the mighty mighty Boston's. okay are you familiar yeah i've they heard were, of it I, yeah they're a ska band they were huge in the uh, early 2000s well when they were playing a live show there was a guy on stage that just danced that's <laughs> that you? all he did no he just <laughs> and he toured with them and he just danced, danced his fucking legs off. Just every every show went absolutely nuts. So I was, they were playing in Omaha. I was emceeing the show, and I asked him, I was like, "So what's the deal with the the dancing guy?" <laughs> he's like, "That's our accountant." I'll be done. <laughs> he, <laughs> he's actually doing sign language for the crowd. He tours with us because we need him to do our, all of our financial stuff. Yeah. He goes, and he just wants something to do, so he just comes out and just dances his ass off huh. every show. Hmm. And I thought. That's pretty cool. That's what Troy does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He also loves Molly. He also loves <laughs> he did, the drugs. Yeah, I did the, the. I mean, I helped pack all the equipment, you know, yep. and on my trailer and everything. And it's just like, and it was a good experience. I mean, and it was, I don't know, um, it just one of those life things, I guess. 
you know, so I no, get I think to it's experience kind of, it. And and that's good of you to support your family like that. Right. Your kids wanted to do it. And yeah, you I mean, one hundred percent. The other one like sports more, and so we did. The other one. Do you know his name? Uh, Garrett, <laughs> the <Yeah>. second favorite. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, they probably, but you know, and Garrett, uh, he was more athletically. He played college ball. Yeah, one. So he did. He went. Um, he ended up going to University of South Dakota and played. He didn't actually play. I mean, I don't think he got any real games, but he was on the team for a year. I think maybe the second year is when they got a new coach, and then he said that's it. But his college roommate is Andrew Van Ginkle at that when he was there at USD, and Andrew Van Ginkle plays on Sunday for the Miami Dolphins. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. So Andrew went from USD, and then they got a new coach, so he came to Iowa Western, played a year. And then he went to Wisconsin, was a real standout at Wisconsin. I remember him at Wisconsin, yeah. Yeah. And uh, now he's with the Miami Dolphins. So does Garrett get to go down to some Dolphins he's been, games? Yeah, he's been to, I think, two. I can't remember. I think, yeah, I know. One time, during COVID, when they could only have, like, a few people in there, they went to Kansas City Chief he and his old room there was like there's these pot i think he had like three or four rooms like and you had a kitchenette and you know like a living room uh where they all lived and i don't know if andrew was like his had the same a be- bunk bed in his room or what but i mean they're friends and so so they just gotta hang out that's fucking wild who's who's your roommate in college did your room with brian brian mccrady Bruh. did did you have a roommate uh, I lived with uh, Kenoki, Parks, and Loring. Oh, that's a rowdy bunch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had one fella from eastern Iowa, and we ended up being pretty good friends for a while. I still talk to him every periodically. But uh, I I feel like those, did they pair you with somebody that was, well, I guess you had your own roommates, and so did you. Yeah. Ours just put us with somebody from our program, so they uh, assumed you would know each other. But I always thought that was interesting, because college roommates is different. In, in high school, you hang out with people because that's the only ones there. Yeah. In college, you hang out with people that are in your circle that are doing things you're interested in. Yeah. So I, that's when I realized, you know, we had friends in school. You and I were friends in school. Yeah. But in college, you do things you want to do, not stuff you have to do. And so you meet a whole new circle of friends, and you end up closer with them, I thought. Yeah, I always thought that it was funny when we were kids that your best friend was whoever lived closest to you. <laughs> right. Turns out it's <laughs> my favorite person in the world. Yeah, he's, he's right there. Yeah. So, yeah, growing up, I grew up down the street from uh, uh, Jesse S. Yeah. I don't want to say his last name, but uh, he was just like three, out. Three, uh, three or four houses down. And he was my best friend until, I don't know, I realized that he's not that cool. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah. And Brian and I have been. Brian's not that cool. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> he's, he's still got that mustache. <laughs> he and I, you know, I just saw him last night. Yep. And, uh, but that. So actually, my they did that at Maryville. They sent you. You got to college, and then they said, "Okay, here's your roommate." And I showed yep. up, and I walked in. And this senior was in there from Atlantic, and I think his name was Dana. And then you could put in for transfer. So Brian lived uh, one floor up. I lived one down for the first week. And I'll never forget it. Um, <clears throat> so this was my ex- college experience. So, you know, you have, you're pretty tight quarters. You know, yeah. And, uh, it's like an eight by 12 Okay, room. this guy's a senior and he's got a good girlfriend, longtime girlfriend. Uh, and Brian and I got back from, I suppose, partying, which we did. And I go into bed. Next thing I know, 
his girlfriend and him are going at it on the bed. What were they I'm, doing? I'm like, huh? What were they doing? <laughs> well, this is a Christian school. What the hell? It was no state school, so they were they were, marrying, they were banging other. and um. But I'm like, room for a third. You know, like, am I supposed to close my eyes? <laughs> you can see a finger as I'm looking at them. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, they didn't think anything of it. Okay, welcome to college, right? <laughs> Oh. Well, that, that's kind of why I let into it was this. the 80s. I'll throw myself under the bus with this. I tend to sleepwalk, or at least I did when I was younger. Okay. I don't so much do when I'm older now. But I remember, I don't even think we were drinking, but we had two beds in the same room. We had a bedroom, a living room, and uh, the living room kitchen area was in the same thing, then a small bathroom. And I remember waking up at the foot of his bed, and I was sitting there <laughs> tickling his feet. <laughs> and I woke up, and he's fucking kicking at me. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like... Man, I don't know. I, don't <laughs> I, know. I, I was just sitting there at the foot of the bed and tickling his feet, and he's kicking at me. And I, I don't know. That's that's why. That's why I let in the roommate deal. I just popped in my head. But yeah, Matt, <laughs> if you're listening, your... I, I was tickling his feet. What the fuck are you doing? I, was like, I don't know, man. <laughs> Thank God you got your covers on. Yeah. For two Even bucks, in... you could go to those at Maryville. All the the fraternities were all. Uh, you, you'd like pay two dollars at the door, and they had kegs. Yeah. And then also down at the Legion, you pay two bucks and you go and you know five hundred people until the kegs ran out and they'd have DJ music or what have. Like you. the American Legion, like you're going in there and just drinking beers with a bunch of old war heroes. No, no, it was all college kids. Oh. I think that's how they made money. So oh, that makes sense. In Missouri, did they have members only drinks? Where you, like you couldn't mm-hmm. drink if you weren't a member. No, that was Kansas. I was gonna say. So I I lived in Kansas for a little bit when I was working at Harvest Crew, and uh, you had to be a member to go in there. And I really think it was just. They started it back in uh, in the racist days to keep colors from drinking in their bar. It could it also because of the the you know the holier now Christian movement. Yeah, and so what it was, um, and you could buy a card. Yeah, I mean, for ten could... bucks, and it was reciprocal to other bars, you know. But you had to have a card to get in. I said this is stupid. Right. But all the college bars were just beer bars because it was eighteen. Right. You know. I feel like that was still a rule, like in the, within the last twenty years. Oh yeah, it is. Because I think I at one time had to buy a card to drink at this. It was in Texas. Oh, I went down to see Donnie. the yeah Donnie yep. the the rocket SpaceX. man. SpaceX. Yep. And uh, we had to buy a a card a to license get in. or yeah a card to get in, a membership to get into this bar to drink. He's been down there that long. Oh yeah. I'll be damned. He was yep. stationed down there in the army. Yep. Yeah, it's a. I mean, I think that's, but. You know, some of the biggest bars in Kansas City were 18 bars. I mean, back in the day. Yep. You know, you're 18 years old, come back. So we, friends of ours from Maryville, lived, were from Kansas City. We'd go, go with them on the weekend or whatever back to Kansas City because it was 18 to go to these bars. And one place was called Pogo's, and it, it had a big dance floor and everything. And, you know, it, it packed 750 people, and there's still line outside. Holy crap. Yeah. That's a huge bar. That yeah, and it was all dancing. And this was, this would have been like eighty two, eighty three, eighty four. So do you, you remember the music back? Then, you know? Yeah, a lot of ABBA. And well, I mean, it, and uh, I think a lot of the, shoulder pads. Oh yeah, and the hair and yeah. the. But I think did MTV when did that start? Nineteen eighty four. Yeah, because I thought it was like then all of a sudden eighty four hit and then everybody really you know you got you could get those I didn't have a pair. Uh, parachute pants. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're like starch just out the thighs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
A buddy of mine had had a pair. MC Hammer had them, and that was always yeah. a huge deal doing his what? What do you call his the I, truffle shuffle? Hammer, he did? hammer dance. The hammer dance. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, no college days were fun and. So well, so we I, we've covered a lot of college stuff. When did yeah. you meet your lovely wife? Well, so <laughs> eighty one. MTV was eighty one. Oh, eighty one. Yeah, okay. sorry. Oh. I thought that's when you met Liz. No. Um, so my dad hired her for her first job. She's Russian. She's an escort? Yes. Yep. <laughs> okay. To be, to be Troy's wife. No, yeah, basically, I guess that's... You love him now. You love him now. Um, now, I was yeah. teaching now him. he's Russian, too. <laughs> so I love to ski. and um, Brewskis. Yeah, brewskis. And we used to go out to Colorado ski and stuff. And I was living in Kansas City. Let me think. Um, I met her. Well, I must. I had to move back or something. Make sure it's the right one. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> um, oh, I know when I met her. Yeah. I'd just gotten back from a ski trip. Uh, I think it was Brian Easton, Brian McCready, or maybe Steve Hart or something. I don't know. We went out there. I just know I had to sell my car. These names are all fake. You know, these are just stage names. Oh, just, okay. no, you're fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, um, but, uh, I had to sell my car. I had a 1974 Monte Carlo. To Brian Easton, so I could afford to go on the, the vacation. And I came back here, and uh, I, I don't know why I was Well, home. you really wanted to ski. Yeah, I love to ski. I, I My goal was, when I uh, figured out what I was going to do in my life, I was going to move to Colorado and kind of be a ski bum and just kind of hang out. And... So if, if you sold your car to go on the trip, what were you going to do when you got back from <laughs> well, the trip? Well, that's... Yeah, I, ski places. Didn't, yeah, I didn't. I'll be, so, I'll be so fucking good at skiing. <laughs> I could just well, cross country. I, I figured, you know, I live at home a little bit. And, I mean, yeah. I was out of college. I, and because uh, I met. car? Uh huh. I, I need no fucking car. Borrow a car from dad or something. Yeah. And, it smells uh, like beer in my soul. <laughs> yeah. But I. Uh, I I remember though, but <laughs> I think my parents back. had. We got to acknowledge that callback. That was a good We one. had a. My parents had a. Uh, teacher party because that's what they did had a lot of yes. teachers over and stuff and and Liz was there and I think I met her there at that party I I think so but she can will never forget when I, our first date right because okay I hadn't lived around here but back in the early eighties Minsky's Pizza was the bomb there was one in Council Bluffs uh, they don't exist here but okay. they exist in Kansas City still. And um, it's kind of like Godfather's Pizza, same style. Do it. Yeah. And uh, we used to go there in high school in the Minsky's. It's like on the 100 block. It used to be there. Drink beer and eat pizza and all that. But um, anyway, so I it was after track meet. She was coaching track. And I said, hey, you want, I'll take you out for supper. And so we drove around. I go, I want to go to this pizza place. <laughs> I drove all over Council Bluffs and Omaha could not find a Minsky's. This is pre not having a phone. Yeah, you couldn't could, Google it. You <laughs> couldn't. No, there's no Google. It's just drive around. And so finally we ended up going to a, a Godfather's Pizza because it had replaced the right. Minsky's. <laughs> In your early 20s? Um, I would have been 20. Trying to set the stage five, here for the listeners. 25, maybe. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, she would have been 19. Huh? She would have been 19, fresh No, based. she's... She, <laughs> She was teaching here, so was she was twenty. Um, <laughs> let's see. So, I, um, I'm thinking she must be four. So, like twenty-two, I'm guessing. All right. Yeah. 
Yeah, she was Liz Bruns. Bruns. I Buns remember, the Bruns. I remember Jake Bun, was telling Buns, me, Buns. Mrs. Bruns or Miss Bruns. Yeah, Jake, your brother-in-law, brother-in-law. had that. Kind of, yeah. Said she was a smoke <laughs> show. Still is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, where was she living at? Was she from around these parts? No, she's from Spirit Lake, Iowa. She grew oh, up on a familiar. hog farm. Um, hog farm, you said? Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah east I go up there a couple Spirit times Lake. a year. Yep, they grow bacon. Yes, mm-hmm. they did. And they had like some crops. But um, have you ever been to the, you know, where Jackson, Minnesota is? Yeah. Okay, well, that, so where you turn to go north to Jackson, yep. when you go out of Spirit Lake, there's a drive in movie theater there now. It's only like 40 minutes from Sioux Falls, right? What is? Uh, Jackson, because it's just, it's not way up in southwest Minnesota. It's so straight it's just... north of Okaboji. Right. Okay. Jackson. Yeah. Yep, I'm familiar. Yeah. Well, they lived on that farm that where now there's a drive-in movie theater out in the middle of the country. I'm yep. kidding you not. Hmm. Between Esterville and Spirit Lake, right well, next to Superior. Well, that just maybe we can make some money off this. I'm listening. Yeah. Go on. Troy can be our promoter. You front all the money and just <laughs> yeah. kind of like the old band days. And, yeah. And he I'll, can, I'll he can run all the video equipment. Yeah. Well, I don't. Think he I runs a anymore. runs a theater here in town. Yeah, I, that's true. If it, sometimes I set yeah. it up. Sometimes it's all digital now. We just got to download it, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you got to put the cassette to download it, and then you just plug in the keys. It's like a hard drive, right? It's a hard drive. Yeah. Ah, it. See, I think drive-in movie theaters are something that need to need to come back. Yeah, I do. I need a place I, to make out my wife. Those are the good times over there in Council Bluffs. Oh yeah. right, man! I got great stories about that. <laughs> because now you just we're not going to no. They give you a radio station. You tune into your screen and. Where you go. Yeah. yeah, just need a little transmitter. Those are 200 bucks. I got a guy. Yeah. Yeah, hell, you can get them all on Amazon for 20 bucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not as good as my $200 guy, but... No. <laughs> but, yeah. So, I always think the, the theater here in town needs to do that. It was one weekend in the summer. Just, they've talked about it. Maybe we could do it at the rodeo parking lot. We'll work together on this, all of us. You could, so, I'm, I'm just, I just, you know, I stepped down as president last year. Um I did, of, I, the, of the business club. business club and theater. Okay. Yep. I did it twenty years or twenty seven. Had a good run. Had a good run, and and I started a business last October, a new one, and so I just got to the point where I couldn't do everything at once. Right. You know. So let's get into that. the The thing I thought I'd title the episode was the businessman. <laughs> yeah. Because you have more businesses than than anybody I know. You. You always kind of mind like a, your business, I guess. I'm a dabbler. A dabbler. Oh. Kind of like the inventor on uh, Gremlins where he's got a little invention for everything that's Troy and his businesses. <laughs> like, here's how, I don't know how well you know Troy, but Troy had, like, he knew what Bitcoin was before the internet was invented. Hmm. Well, I've been in it a long well, time. Well, very long time. We talked about it at some event, like, yeah. last year. You got year. some Bitcoin like, investment? Shit. Yes, and I kind of like to... I, I, it's, um, money, your business. No, if you know anything about cryptocurrency, which I don't. Okay. (laughs) Well, it's the idea is beautiful, but it's still in the infant stage and things happen. Um, theft happens rampantly. Right. Um, and things. Yeah. So I used to have, yes, (laughs) you used to have, yeah, I, I still have cryptocurrency, and I still hold Bitcoin, and I still hold a lot of things. But um, 
a lot of Bitcoin was stolen from me. And, oh. uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I bought uh, some, was it the Shibu Inu? Shiba Inu. Yeah, I bought, yeah. I had a 1.5 million shares of that, uh, and then I just sold it all the other day because it wasn't doing anything. I made <sighs> uh, 85 cents. Did you get that with everybody at Edward Jones? The one we all know? No. Oh, no. Cryptocurrency is not. Because he, a, he was telling me to wallet. get into that yeah. Shiba Inu. Yeah, he was telling me I should get in on that. I got the, I got an app on my phone that you can buy it all through. Right. You you would probably go to Coinbase because that's a regulated app. Um, you know, you wouldn't want to do FTX or some of these other applications. You know the guy who steals from the rich and gives to the poor? That's the one I do. Robin Hood? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, and there's a lot of. When I got into it, I got into it because I read the white paper from Satoshi Nakamoto. Um, which is the weirdest fucking which, sentence which anybody I love has die ever hard. said. <laughs> yeah. Yes, his plaza. But it, it, it just... You're killing it this episode, it, Brad. It, God it, damn. Just, it intrigued me, so I got involved in it. And, you know, I'd be a hell of a lot richer had I not. And right. um, just because of the, the things that I found out the hard way because it was so new and all the technology and, and things in, to be put in place aren't, weren't there yeah. at the time. Right. And, I mean, I literally watched, um, um, well, a significant, significant, significant amount of money disappear in front of my eyes. I mean, I was sitting in front of my computer and somebody hacked me. Oh, my. And, you know, they could be from Russia. They could be my next-door neighbor. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> if you get a new car, whatever. But mm. but not, the, not your backdoor neighbor. No, no, not your backdoor no. pal. But, he said next door. But no. I learned that I'm just smoot. You know that every, in the you have to be so guarded on everything. But I mean, it was um, you can't trust people on the internet. Well, who can you trust? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just and and I mean, I even had somebody that happened to me too. <laughs> they, <laughs> they called me from Coinbase and said, "Hey, you're getting hacked." And I'm like, oh shit, what do I do? And uh, this is right when this is like 20. That Coinbase had just come. Send out. me all your info, and I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, they knew all my info. Mm. They they had already hacked into the system. And all they needed was my my <laughs> private keys. Yeah, and then they could steal what I had, and they did. And it happened that quick. I'm like, hold, hold on. So they called you asking for your PIN number so they could prevent you from getting hacked. Well, so what I said was, I said, give me your number. I'll call you back. Because <laughs> I said, I don't trust you. And he goes, oh, sure. It's 1-800. Oh, and, and, they, and they gave me the number. And it came up Coinbase. Hmm. Okay. And These guys are good. Yeah. Well, and. Or they were, really were Coinbase. No, they weren't. They weren't Coinbase. Yeah. <laughs> and, and next thing I know, I. Zoop. That and, the, and then the other one was my stupidity of. Uh, so there's nobody to regulate this. You can't call customer service. There is no customer service, and that's the whole pro. So, you know, in the country or in the world, God, there's that's, that's rough. You know, here we we're spoiled here in the United States because we have regulatory, um, like the SEC and some of those. But when they do things for, um, you know, to protect your money, like if you put your hundred thousand dollars in the bank and it goes broke or yeah, run FDIC, on the bank, yeah. yeah, you get, it's well, we hope it's guaranteed or whatever. This is actually, is supposed to be peer-to-peer. That's what it's really set up to be. So, like, I could send you Bitcoin if you had a, you know, wallet or whatever, and I could get it 
and it's supposed to be peer to peer, so there's no third party transaction. But okay. what's happened is, if you use a, uh, somebody else to mediate it, then they have access, or somebody else to both parties. Right. So it's it the 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 whole premise will work beautiful when it becomes to the point where it's going to be you know so like you could be in Uruguay or someplace and I could you know you just say hey send me here's Venmo my, well instead of Venmo but it'd be you know it's digital currency right. and 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 currency could be seven hundred thousand Shiba Inu yeah okay which actually you know the Shiba Inu thing so I found out about because I listened to. Uh, <laughs> What is it? YouTube's YouTube people, content yeah. people, all the time. And I got into Shiba Inu, and I had about a half a billion um, Shiba Inu, and then it it just took off. Well, I was going, wow, I'm going to hang in there. <laughs> and so at one off. time, I had like twenty four thousand dollars of Shiba Inu, and then about two months later, it was down to like eight thousand. And then you know, we're in a we're kind of in the crypto, what they call crypto winter right now, because it cycles. I could go through it, but I won't because yeah. it's real boring to everybody. But nope. sounds like it. Nope. Um, this is, we're deleting <laughs> everything else before this, and we're just talking about no. Crypto. It's it's my I've wife. got half a boner right now. Yeah, it's and but so you're talking French to me. I don't know anything about it. But I'm listening. Yeah. But so you know, and there's actual countries that have adopted Bitcoin as legal tender because a, if you look at, you know, and actually you have to know, you have to kind of study economics about the whole world. And, you know, right now the, the dollar is runs the world. So we think in our view, in our view, China thinks their dollar runs it, the yuan, yin or whatever the hell it's called. And Russia thinks theirs runs it, you know, it's ruple, ruple. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, but if there's one system worldwide and it's immutable and, and unstoppable, once you have the peer-to-peer thing set up correctly, then there's no banks. And that's where the biggest issue comes um, is, uh, you know, the banking system protects us, but also they, it, they control too, you know, because right. <laughs> interest rates and all that stuff. But there's peer-to-peer lending and there's, they're called... Smart contracts, but um, it's it's real interesting. I mean, you have to spend a lot of time, and eventually it's going to get to be where your grandma or somebody can just buy it, and they'll go, oh, it's safe now. Yeah. But when I started, it wasn't just buy it. and I mean, you actually had to do a lot of finagling. Right. And still. Contracts and things of that nature. So so you're, you're moving down the internet. You're buying whatever you can find on there, and if somebody calls <laughs> you and says, hey, we need all your information, you're like, yeah. all right, I'll give it to you. Yeah. So that's how your best friend becomes your doctor. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's where I was heading with it. Yeah. So you're, you've done the internet banking, you've done internet investments, and now you've got a spot in your tank and you need somebody to look at it, you're going to call your old friend from high school. It's a weird freckle. It, so, that, that would strike me because I've been to the doctor and I'm old enough now. I'm 40. I'm a man, as Mike Gundy would say. I don't know if I'd want Frank to look down my pee hole if I got something going wrong. Well, Damn it, I would do it. And, I know you too. would. And, and he does say... Uh, you know, stand up, drop shorts, and bend over. He um, fingered you? You let him finger you? With his glove on. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> if he's wearing a condom, it's fine. <laughs> oh. uh, I mean, it's, uh, you know, your rectal exam. You got to do your uh, prostate exam. And the girl standing in there also, and she... <laughs> Video of the whole thing. <laughs> no. she, had, she had a glove the on, too. Is. Well, this is the funny part. So this, is, I just had one not too long ago. And I do Des Moines University, and it's Dr. Bostopathic Medicine. 
Craig said, oh, this is my, she's doing an internship or whatever, and she goes to Des Moines University. I said, oh, I do your cap and gown. Did you get it? Did you have your pants down while you're saying this? <laughs> no, no. And then he said, okay, I got to do the, you know, your check your prostate. I okay. And she's sitting there, and I'm visiting at <laughs> the same time. What the hell? I mean, you know, he's friends. Why not? Mm, nothing yet. Seen Frank before. and I have been pretty good friends for a while, and I remember like, Hey, Frank, why don't you glove up? Well, he's a doctor. I yeah. mean, and he's an army doctor. He went through the army. And so he's seen more balls and wieners and oh, buttholes yeah. than, you know. Anyone. Yeah. Well, maybe not anyone. But, <laughs> but as an army doctor, he had to do a lot of, you know, just odds and ends. <laughs> right. Right. Well, bold move. I don't, I'm, I'm fairly secure in my manhood, but I don't know if I want to go to my friends to get fingered. Well, I'm sure there's hey, a lot if your friends can't work. finger you, who, who, <laughs> who can, can? Right? Yeah, keep drinking. We'll Put talk that, about uh, it. We're putting that on a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. He's a friendly doctor. Yeah, Mike was in here last week talking about cracking Eddie's shirts. Yeah. Maybe one more we all go. If your friends can't finger you, who can? <laughs> who can? Right. And he's, yeah, and he's my wife's doctor, and he's my mom and dad's doctor uh, also. I got, and I've had other people, I say, hey, you got to go see Craig. <laughs> Well, it looks like we went a little long with this uh, episode as well. So we're going to pause it here. We'll release the next episode coming up at next uh, Sunday. You can catch us on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and uh, more. Find us on Facebook as well. One more, and we all go. We'll be back next Sunday. <laughs>